we're going to talk about one of the most uh, celebrated and perhaps controversial uh, pianists uh, on the planet today. He receives a lot of acclaim from uh, most listeners and jazz aficionados, but then there are some who say, well, he's just outside the mainstream of jazz, so you know, I'm not going to give him all that credit. Uh, suffice it to say he's a bad cat who does what he wants to do, okay? He was born Bradford Alexander Meldow in 1970, believe it or not, in Jacksonville, Florida. And he only stayed there, the family only stayed there for a few years and uh, eventually moved to Connecticut where he grew up, uh, went to school, uh, studied the piano at an early age, classical music primarily, um, played in the junior high and high school jazz bands. And by 15, he was playing uh, gigs at local clubs. Yeah, reminds me of somebody I know, playing gigs at 15 and in the bars, learning how to do what you do. Um, upon graduation from high school, uh, he moved to New York City, but not before he went to a jazz festival with his high school jazz band and was recognized uh, for his outstanding musicianship by the Berklee School of Music, who I would imagine thought they could uh, recruit him uh, by giving him honors and offering him scholarships and that kind of thing, uh, which they did do. But uh, Brad wanted to go to New York. <laughs> New York, New York, the Big Apple, baby, that's where I'm going. So he enrolled in the new school and studied classical music and jazz with legends in both areas. Because when you're in New York, you can find the best of the best in any genre, most certainly in any idiom, and he pushed himself both in the classical uh, music uh, arena and in the jazz uh, arena. Um, as he's playing gigs with more and more people, uh, his reputation started to grow and people start pointing to him as uh, one of the new young lions. He has this incredible uh, technical ability, which comes from having studied classical music for such a long time, and in his early development uh, as a jazz uh, player, his uh, main influences would have been um, Oscar Peterson, uh, uh, for sure, and uh, Wynton Kelly, uh, who were both fairly traditional um, uh, jazz pianists in terms of comping uh, with the left hand and you know doing all that uh, improvisation uh, with your right hand for the most part. But um, uh, Brad very early on um, developed an affinity to uh, free a left hand. He did not want to just, as my friend <laughs> uh, John would say, I call him Dr. John um, O'Leary, <laughs> Dr. John O'Leary, yeah. John says the claw, the left hand claw. He wanted to do more with that left hand. And having studied classical music, he most certainly uh, has studied Brahms and other uh, German romanticists, and uh, where the left hand, it most certainly uh, has to be free and heavy developed. 
develop or you cannot play the music. Uh, reminds me, by the way, of a local pianist who was on the international stage for a long time as a pianist with a similar background, uh, very heavily steeped in uh, classical music, in the pop and music as a young guy, and then eventually in the jazz. And I'm talking about uh, Kenny Drew Jr. Uh, a lot of you all listening to this will remember uh, Kenny Drew and his just awesome, awesome talent. And if you don't, you should probably go buy some recordings or find some videos because you missed a real star. But Kenny had this thing of classical music and he liked squiabbing. Because Squiabbing had these pieces for left hand only. He could play an entire jazz piece with left hand. I diverge. So could Brad Meldau. He freed that left hand from the tyranny of the claw, which gave him more interplay between the hands, improvisation with both hands, and then um, just uh, interplay of separate lines. Okay, he just could do that. He could improvise in both hands and duplicate and match and have one hand talk to the other. He was just completely independent and uh, was technically proficient in both hands. And that affected his style going forward. Um, early on in the uh, 90s, late 80s, uh, he finds himself uh, with a bunch of other young lions in a group led by Joy uh, uh, Redmond. Uh, Josh Redman uh, in that band uh, with Brad and Brian Blade and uh, the uh, bass ace, uh, Mr. Uh, Christian uh, McBride. Uh, what a group that was. And that's where I first study, uh, studied and uh, discovered uh, Brad in that group. And at that time, he was playing a, a more of a traditional uh, jazz style because that was pretty much the direction uh, of that particular ensemble. And of course it was Josh's group, Josh's music for the most part. And so uh, he was kind of limited in what he could do. Later on, he started his own uh, trios with Larry Grenadier on the bass and uh, Rossi or Jorge Rossi on drums and the interplay on all three. Grenadier will create independent lines. Jorge creating time and flavors and shimmerings and colors and textures and Brad being able to do his magic. Uh, that group has been his main uh, thrust in performance. Uh, he lacks the freedom of that trio although he's done things uh, with full orchestration, uh, 28, 30 piece orchestrations. Um, but the trio is where he's comfortable. He also has done uh, quite a lot of uh, solo piano work because that allows him even more freedom to create as he chooses in the spur of the moment. Uh, he continues even as he is doing his jazz explorations to incorporate classical music and he has even recorded improvisations on Bach preludes and the like. So he is continuing to blend the two and finding a marriage with what most people would say are two very diverse uh, 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 idioms 
However, those of us who do know uh, music history, we do realize that Bach himself was a great improviser. Yeah, figure bass and everything else he created on the spot. So uh, there is some similarity in the journey, even though one is a Baroque period classical musician and here we got this modern uh, jazz person. Um, Brad also is comfortable with electronic keyboards and has even done tours as a performing keyboardist on electronic keyboards and synthesizers with just a drummer. So uh, he also understands and uses technology and is very, very comfortable with that. He has composed song cycles, as in romantic period uh, song cycles in the classical side, uh, primarily uh, on commissions from uh, places like Carnegie Hall uh, and things that are using orchestrations and singers and the like. Um, and he has been richly rewarded for that in terms of um, artistic acclaim and uh, acceptability in the uh, classical market. Uh, matter of fact, in 2011, I believe it was, uh, Carnegie appointed him to a um, esteemed uh, composer's chair, and he was the first person in the history to sit in that chair that was not a classical musician. He's the first jazz musician to sit in that um, composer's chair as uh, sponsored by uh, uh, Carnegie. So uh, Brad has achieved in many, many, many areas. Let's please remember that his desire was to explore all of the talents and technique and abilities he had and combine it into not just jazz, uh, as Ellington likes to say, uh, beyond category. Brad is one of those musicians whose work may be in many areas beyond category. Not jazz, not classic, it's music, it's art. And that is what he is trying to do on a personal level. Now, of course, he's married to a Dutch jazz singer. So at some point, he likes jazz or he would not have married a jazz singer because we, those of us who knew jazz, we know uh, what difficult characters jazz musicians can be, especially jazz singers. I, I, I'll leave that alone, but uh, that's working very well for him. Uh, he had been compared uh, to Bill Evans. And uh, uh, that's kind you know, it may be more about race than it is about the music, because although they were both classically trained, although they both had, um, how shall we say this, uh, drug dependencies at one point or another in their lives, uh, their styles uh, are quite different, whereas Bill Evans was more of uh, a French Impressionist style of classical music uh, embedded in his jazz, uh, Brad is more of the Germanic 
uh, Romantic period influences of Brahms, uh, later Beethoven, uh, and Wagner, uh, that is uh, in influencing his uh, musical journey. Um, he is just the complete musician. He is comfortable in all sorts of idioms. He has taken his training both in classical and jazz and created something that is actually new and innovative. And very, very few people have taken that path. I named Kenny Drew Jr. as one that I personally know that was on a similar path. And he has been rewarded in terms of artistic acclaim, recognition, and He's making a pretty good living at it as well. And he is influencing yet another generation of jazz pianists in terms of what the future of jazz can look like. So, and Brad is still young, born in 1970. So he's got a long way to go and his influence is just starting. And what a great journey he has had, and who knows what's next in this journey that has been so pivotal for jazz pianists so far. So thank you for listening, and if you really want to understand what I'm talking about, just go out and listen to Brad Meldow. Solo piano work, trio work, and then listen to him in other sorts of ensembles, and then take a listen to his classical work as well. You will be richly rewarded. Thank you very much.